The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I mustn't have been paying attention Almost ready. It's fine. We've all learned to wait for you. Sorry. Facebook makes it harder and harder every week. I Good swear things to God, happen go. to those who wait. Yeah, I've been waiting a long time. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about you, Tom. Watch party. Well, it's not giving it to me. When you just... Oh, the Melvin Taylor's been going live on his page recently. I saw you linked me in that, so tagged me in it. It was awesome. And you did the quote, the Worthen song, which is the end of the show yeah. song, which is actually my favorite. It was so cool. Spare me the riddle. Well, it says it's saved, but it doesn't say show that it's saved. Ugh, so infuriating. It's showing me that you have shared the stream. Everybody, ba, 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 ba. yeah, it's just not cooperating. Oh, there it is. See, as soon as you complain out loud about something, that's when everything goes right. Thank you, Facebook gods. All right. <laughs> Mine just a little is driving me out of my mind. I love watching Melvin Taylor live on Facebook. Yeah, it's awesome. There must have not been paying attention. You were just talking to me. All right, I guess we'll start the show. You want to start the show? Yeah. All right. I got everything. I got my cigarettes, got my coffee, I got my Taco Bell. And I got one of my favorite people in the world, Carrie Clark Wheeland, is with us. I've been saying Wyland for two years. You're welcome. Because of Scott Wyland from the Stone Temple Pilots, and it's spelled the same, so I thought it was Wyland until I heard her tell you. And yeah. then I was like, oh my God, I had no idea that's how she said her name all this time. Because I don't really call her by her last name when we're, to- when we're together, right? Yeah. I just say Carrie, right? Yeah. So anyways, hi, my name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Got a uh, very uh, interesting show for you today. Um... Uh, we have Carrie Wheeland with us. She is from House of Mercy, and I want to talk a little bit about that. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but I think it's uh, important for people to know uh, what House of Mercy is, what they do, and how you can help. Definitely. Also, Isaiah 58. That's did I get right. it right? You did. Um, which is also a, a nonprofit here in Salem, New Hampshire, which helps the homeless. And we're also going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Methuen, 
Um, and, um, and we're going to have a carry update us on some of that. A couple things to get to first though. Um, want to thank our sponsors. If I can thank our sponsors, I get the list here. McLennan real estate. We love Janet and Sam and Matt and everybody at uh, McLennan real estate. Great people. They've been doing real estate since 1985. And that's like when I graduated high school. So that's a long time. Cause I'm really old. Um, so it, it, it the, the market is going up. Like home prices in the Merrimack Valley are going up exponentially. Oh, yeah. If you want to sell your house, now's the time to do it before the burst happens. And we had uh, Matt on the show. We, we zoomed him in about a month ago. And I asked him about like the bubble. Is the bubble going to burst? And he says it's not. He says it's going gonna, it's gonna to level off at some point. It might go down a little bit. But he doesn't see the, the burst that we had like in the 90s. Yeah. So I'm taking him at his word because he's the expert. Also want to thank Lisa Williams at AFC Urgent Care. A very good friend of the show. Um, one of the things I love about Lisa when she gives her word, she keeps her word. Even when it's difficult. Even when there's a problem. She still keeps her word. And uh, here on this show, that means an awful lot. Um, because I'm a person who keeps my word. You know, there are some people that run around saying, oh, I have integrity, I keep my word when I give my word. But they only, they only do that and they brag about it when it's easy. When, they, when, when, you know, when it's easy to keep your word, that's nothing to brag about. Yeah. When it gets difficult, most of those people take a walk. When they get a little pressure, most people take a walk. Yeah. Um, and I'll say one thing about, um, and I wasn't planning on saying this, but I can't help myself. I'll say one thing about Joe Solomon the former police chief in Methuen. People can say whatever they want about Joe Solomon. But when Joe Solomon, five years ago, uh, when, when I became a political liability to his job, and people were attacking me publicly because of his, and attacking him publicly because of his affiliation with me, he could have thrown me under the bus, right? And a lot of people in that public position would have thrown me under the bus. Instead, he doubled down and he publicly defended me. That's a person with integrity. So people can say whatever they want, about Joe Solomon, what he might have done as chief, what he might not have done as chief. He's my friend because when it mattered, when people were pressuring him, when, pe- when, it was a, when I was a, a liability to him, he stuck by me. And that's why, I've stuck, that's why I stuck that by him. That means a lot. And that's why I stuck by him. Now, there's a lot of people that run around talking about their integrity and how they keep their word. And then at the end of the day, you find out eh, not so much. No. Um, uh, speaking of Joe Solomon, we want to thank EIS Security and Gun Training. If you want your gun permit, my sister Kiana is going for her gun permit. Oh. And she called me and said, I know you've got a guy in your newspaper that does gun permits. Should I go to him? Is he really okay? Or is he just a guy that spends money with you? I said, no, absolutely go down. Um, see them at EIS. Tell them that you're my sister. They'll take care of you. So she's going to go down, not just her, but her and her husband are going down. Um, so if you want your, if you want to get your concealed carry permit, go to EIS Investigations and Gun Training. They'll take care of you. They're on Pleasant Valley Street in Methuen, and of course, my favorite place to get food, Borelli's Deli. Yummy. And um, one of the things that I love about my affiliation with TMF when we do the family dinner for the homeless on Wednesday nights is that the people who are donating the food are now starting to go to Borelli's a lot. We have a lot of people that are now going to Borelli's to get their food for the homeless because it's a win-win. You're helping Borelli's, yep. right? And, and Don Smuggler is a great guy, does a lot for the community. You're helping them. And also, you're donating food to the homeless, which helps them. And it's kind of like a win-win for everybody. So uh, we want to thank Borelli's Deli. I'll be going there after the show to pick up my meats, as I always do. Although I, I usually don't go in myself, though. I usually, I usually like go with someone and I send somebody in. 
Because I just I can't handle like the whole mask thing and standing in line and all that. I just right. I don't. So I'm usually with somebody and I send somebody in to get my meats. But um, food there we, is fantastic. We love Borelli's Deli, and I want to do a free shout out to Dawn's Sign Tech in North Andover. She doesn't need. She she said to me, "I'm going to keep running my ad, but I don't need the business." She's like, "I got to be honest with you. My business is doing great right now." And um, normally when I'm doing good, I pull my ads, but you do a lot for the homeless and the veterans, and I want to support you. So I want to give her a free shout out here on the show, Dawn Pease at Dawn's Sign Tech in North Andover. And even though she, excuse me, doesn't need your business, if you need a sign, give her a call um, because she will take care of you. And if you drive down Main Street in North Andover, where my office is, every single sign you see from Sutton Street all the way to the post office, she did all of them. Oh, wow. Because she's a member of the North Andover Downtown Merchants Association, so they've all used her. Oh. So the CBD store downstairs for me, the eyeglass store downstairs for me, um, the, uh, the dentist office across the street for me, um, the game store across the street for me on, on Main Street in North Andover, they were all done by Dawn Signtech. So we appreciate Dawn. We love her. Um, she does a lot for the community, and she never lets me talk about it. Like Thanks, She's Dawn. like, I'm going to do this, but please, I don't want thanks. I don't want you to talk about it just... I want to give. Well, we're saying it anyway. Thanks, so, Dawn. Yeah, I'm not going to say like what she did and what she gave because then she'll really be mad. But we do want to thank Dawn. Um, what else do I have here before we get to Carrie? I had a little bit of a list here. Uh, we got a bunch of things coming up. There will be a bash. I think 20 people just drove off the road. There, w- there will be a bash. So we were a week before the bash last year when um, the country was shut down because of COVID. Biggest mistake in the world. And... Um, we were on pace to have our most profitable bash ever. And when I say profitable, the money doesn't go to us. The money goes to scholarships. The money goes to veterans groups, homeless groups. I think we gave you a check one year, I think. Did we give you a check one year? Possibly. Okay, well, she doesn't remember. We'll have to do, do another check, so she'll remember. It'll have to be, <laughs> Refresh your memory. It obviously yeah. wasn't big enough to remember. We'll have to give her a bigger check. Um, but uh, And I had some people on Facebook, um, uh, the Saber clan in, in, North, in Methuen that likes to like, just try to be hateful about everything. Um, were attacking me a couple of weeks ago on one of the Methuen pages saying, yeah, and did you know that even that not all the money that he raises from his bash goes to the scholarships? And then, of course, people are like, oh, this is horrible. This is terrible. Wait till it's bash. We're going to out him. You don't have to out me. I say it myself. All the money doesn't go to scholarships. The money that we raise for scholarships goes to scholarships. Half the 50-50 money from in the room goes to a veteran group. The other half goes to a homeless group. The raffles that we do... Half the money goes to some nonprofit in the community that we like. And then there are times when we just give people money. Um, three years ago, we had a guy named Brian Thomas that we found out was taking money out of his... He was, he was the head of the South Lawrence East Little League. And he was taking money out of his own pocket because there were a lot of kids that, in Lawrence that are very poor. They couldn't afford like a baseball glove. And they made the team, but they couldn't afford like the equipment. So he was taking money out of his own pocket and helping them pay for the uniforms, helping them, uh, buying them gloves, buying them, uh, buying them equipment. And we found out about that. And I called him, took him out to lunch. Um, actually, I think he paid. And, um, and I, I kind of got the skinny from him. I wanted to find out, is this true or is it just kind of like partly true? And I picked his brain a little bit and found out it was true. So we invited him to the bash three years ago. And in the middle of the bash, we just surprised him. I leaned over to uh, Chris, this guy that used to be on my bash committee, and said, how much extra money did we make on the raffles? Like, what were we expecting to make and what did we make? And he said, we were expecting to make about $5,000. We've got about seven. And I said, all right, write out a check to, to Brian Thomas. And we called him up and said, told everybody, this guy takes money out of his own pocket 
And this is what he does for the kids of Lawrence. And we want to try and reimburse him for some of the money that he's taken out of his pocket. We wrote him a check for $1,000. He's not a nonprofit, but we gave it to him anyway. So those who say, oh, he's not giving all the money where it's supposed to go, all the money goes where it's supposed to go, trust me. It doesn't all go to scholarships because we help other people in the community that we see are helping. We gave a check to TMF Family Dinner for the Homeless one year. I think we gave either an award or a check to uh, Karina Papalato at the Psychological Center for the Daybreak Homeless Shelter. So the bash is, we call it a bash because there's nothing else to call it because there's so many things going on in the room with comedians and uh, politicians and giving awards to police and firefighters. We give an award to hero veterans. And then we give, we give out, I think last year we gave six scholarships out. The year before we gave five scholarships out. This year I think we're going to try and do five. Um, so the bash is going to happen. And most likely in May, anybody who donated um, raffle items last year, though we still have them. We kept everything in storage when they shut down the country and said, when, when we come out of this and we have another bash, we're going to use these, and we are. Anybody that bought tickets, we will have free tickets for you for this bash. They won't be free because you already paid for them, but we kept a list of everybody that paid. Awesome. So if you donated money, if you paid, we're going to have our bash. We don't think it will be at the Relief Sin. Uh, we're shooting for Salvatores, even though it only holds like half the capacity. Um, but I don't think the relief is going to be available. We're trying, but I don't think it's going to be available. Uh, what we've heard is that they're, they're going to be uh, tearing it down and building apartment buildings there. Oh. And they're going to put in a small little function room for like 150 people. At least I think that's what went for the zoning board. So um, we will always give them our business once they're back up and, up and running. Yep. But if they're not, we're going to try Salvatore's. And if that doesn't work, then, you know, what I've always wanted to do, I've always wanted to have the bash at Central Catholic. That's where I've always oh, wanted to have okay. it because it holds like a thousand people. And I know that if we have room, we can fit a thousand people into that room. The, the relief stand holds, legally holds 450 people. We cram fi- 550 to 600 people into that room every year. So I know that once the world opens back up and we're able to have a bash in May, I'm pretty sure we could fill that room. Because if there's going to be more people, we can lower the, t- the, the ticket price, right. which means more people will come. Of course. Uh, what else do we have? We have a comedy project coming up, right? Um, oh, crap. Oh, 15 minutes in. All right. Sorry. But you started it late. One minute. One, all right. Uh, we have a comedy project coming up, and um, that's going to work out really well with my new intern, Eric Spagnoli, because he's a comedian. Um, so we're going to tr- we're going to whenever here. We're going to podcast it, and it's going to be like a telethon, and people can. Each comedian's going to get up and say what scholarship they're going to be raising for money for, and then we're going to have the scroll at the bottom, which we worked out today, and it's going to have either a phone number or a PayPal or like a Venmo or something so that you can make a donation directly to that student. We will list you publicly if you donate. Here's the other thing. When people make donations to the scholarships, we list everybody publicly and how much they gave. So everybody that gave knows that every dollar went where it's supposed to go. And the kid can look in the paper and see everybody that gave and add it up and see that that's the check that they got. So everybody knows that the money's going where it's supposed to go. Um, Full transparency, not to use a triggering term at the moment. (laughs) Right, right. We're also planning on a couple of poker tournaments. I'm not sure where we're going to have that. I'm thinking here, but... um, but we just haven't kind of firmed it up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to do some poker tournaments to raise money for the bash. Uh, I want to also remind people, North Andover election is coming up March 30th. Please make sure you vote. There are three candidates running for Board of Selectmen. And uh, there's also an election in Methuen and Lawrence this year. The Methuen election is going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting. I'm only going to support like two candidates. There's only two people in Methuen that I even like 
think are even worth getting reelected at this point. Um, and so I'm going to be supporting, and I'll let you guys know who they are. I'll tell you right out of the gate, if Eunice Ziegler runs again, I'm going to support Eunice. Okay. Um, and if, um, and if um, Jaina Zani Pesci runs for school committee again, I'll probably, I'll probably support her. I'm not too sure I'm supporting anybody else at that point. Um, what else do we have? Okay, so that's it. So yeah. um, sitting to my left is uh, a woman that I met just kind of by happenstance. I found out that as I was driving around the city of Lawrence chasing police calls when I used to do that live before they encrypted the scanner on me, because um, I was making them look bad by going to all the crime in Lawrence. And they're like, oh, he's making Lawrence look bad. I'm like, no, the shootings are making Lawrence look bad. It's not me. Uh, but when I was going live and I, was, I, I came across some homeless people and I, I started like trying to help them in between going to calls because I'm there anyway. And I got right. all these people, I had like 1,000, 2,000 people watching me live on Facebook. So I put a call out and say, hey, we just drove by a homeless guy. Does anybody have an extra blanket I can bring him? And someone would pop up on the feed and say, I live at uh, 5 Thorndike Street. Come by and I'll toss you down a blanket. And I'd bring it over to them. And we had a great network of people going that were like, while I'm out doing other stuff, as we'd come across homeless people, I had like a whole car full of like blankets and food and stuff that I could like stop and give them in between calls on a quiet night. I happened to come across Carrie, who was feeding a homeless person, told me about House of Mercy. I went over there. I was totally amazed. The way I describe it, tell me if I'm wrong, Carrie. The way I describe it when I'm telling people about um, House of Mercy, I describe it as like a daycare for the homeless. <laughs> that they can go there during the day. It keeps them off the streets, keeps them out of trouble. Um, they can get a shower. Mm-hmm. They can get a haircut. Um, they can get services. You have psychological services, people that can be there to counsel them. I don't want to take all your thunder away. Tell people what House of Mercy is. How did it start? Um, you know, What are the benefits? How are you guys doing over there? House of Mercy is an amazing place, so you're definitely right about that. Um, all the things you said and more, they can get uh, fresh clothes every day, toiletries, certainly a shower. Uh, you know, you don't really realize what it's like for people if they can't take a shower. Right. And there really isn't a lot of places to go for that. Um, COVID has changed things a lot in terms of services in the city and local region, but we did stay open in some capacity through all of COVID. Um, people laughed at me when I said, we're going to put a refrigerator on the sidewalk. We literally put a refrigerator on the sidewalk. <laughs> There's a huge fridge outside. And uh, the support from the community has been amazing. Um, there's quite a few agencies, quite a few individuals that have helped us all throughout COVID to continue to supply meals, even when we couldn't really allow people in. We uh, still let people come in and shower, like one male, one female at a time. Mm-hmm. Everybody like, you know. Not, take not together, though. No. Okay. <laughs> Not if that. I read a homeless shelter, that's probably Relaxed, out. Um, not that I can talk about. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> no, all excited Yeah, I now. know. Good Lord. No, but, uh, you know, it was a lot of work. Bleach everything in between, keep people away from each other. But it was really important to be able to still provide that to people mm-hmm. um, and for them to be able to come and get these bagged meals. Um, there's quite a few places that really supported us a lot. Uh, and that'll be a nice segue into talking about the next kind of mm-hmm. discussion we're going to have. But um, the We Care Charity here in Salem, they have a really big network all throughout Massachusetts, as far reaching as like Lexington. Mm-hmm. Um, those folks make bag sandwich lunches uh, with fruit drinks. They've been bringing them to us for months now. Oh, great. Um, a lot of the support actually started in people that I got to know like this through the Columbia gas disaster. Right. People were very supportive of the area. Um, the you car- were full. I remember the day after Columbia Gas happened, I went to House of Mercy, and you guys were full. You had there, there must have been fifty people, sixty people, even like out on the sidewalk, like yeah. standing there saying, "What can you do to help us?" Mm-hmm. And 
It was it was harrowing. It was harrowing. I don't use that word a lot, but it was harrowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the Kindness Collaborative has been helping us out with stuff. Um, Blanket Me always helps us out with stuff, and a lot of those citizens behind them are just amazing in those areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, in terms of House of Mercy, now we're basically reopened. Um, Something that's really important is the spiritual support that House of Mercy offers. I know there's a lot of God stuff going on in there. A lot of God stuff, yeah. Um, English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, What's her name? Is it, don't tell me, is it is Isabel? Annabelle. Is it Annabelle? Mabel? Mabel, sorry. Close. I was, <laughs> you think a guy in, in the newspaper news industry would be really good at names? I suck Attention at names. Attention to detail. Um, Mabel, and I see her, I see her podcasts a lot yeah. because we're friends on Facebook. And she is really into not just saving people from hunger, but also saving people's souls. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when you combine a religious element with people who are really down on their luck, people who have no faith, people who have no no motivation, I think sometimes that's that's one of the things that tries that that, that pulls people out of that. Yeah, I mean, knowing that there's actually someone that cares, mm-hmm. right? That's something people haven't had very often. Uh, Mabel, Diana, Roger. Johnny, they're all there all the time. Not only do they offer, you know, that aspect of talking about God and, you know, referencing things out of the Bible, but they sing, they play the keyboard, they have a drum set there. I mean... And they hold mass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's really... I've uh, been to a couple of those masses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, thinking about if you were homeless on the street, right? Like, these are the things I never realized before. When's the last time you went to church? Right. Right? I mean, you're not going to get dressed up in your Sunday best and go to church. You're homeless. Right. When's the last time you saw a TV show? Right. You know, it's these are the things that are aspects of life that we don't realize people go without, and it's so important, mm-hmm. so important for people to feel like a sense of a community. And that's when, really when what I fir- when I first is. started doing this, I was surprised by everything that I found. Um, when I was when I would ask them, like, I'd say, "Look, I've got a great network on Facebook. I got like sixteen thousand people to follow me on mm-hmm. Facebook. There's always somebody looking to donate something. What do you need the most? Don't give me a list. Just tell me like two or three things you need yeah. the most, and I'll get them for you. And they would always give me the same answers: boxers. Socks, hand warmers, um, and then and sometimes they—if if it was a woman, it would be feminine hygiene products, yeah. underarm. You think you know someone who's who's homeless? They sleep outside. They get up. They're not taking a shower. Yep. They're not carrying underarm around with them, right? They don't yeah. have underarm. They don't have money for underarm. Yep. Uh, deodorant, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So it was those little things that made me realize. It made me actually appreciate a little bit more what I had in life because mm-hmm. I started looking at that, going, you know, you don't think about when someone's out on the street how. Just the bare basic necessities that they yep. need just to survive every day, not just to get ahead, just to get through the day. And 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 I think I I was my mind was blown every day that I went out. Every day yeah. that I went out, I would find something else. We would find a woman that was out who had three kids, and the state took her kids away from her because she had no place to stay. Yeah. And and she wasn't addicted. She wasn't on drugs. I think you know who I'm talking about. Um, she wasn't addicted. She wasn't on drugs. She just needed a place to stay so mm-hmm. she could get her kids back. And she started falling into all kinds of bad habits and running with ro- the wrong people because all the homeless, it's like a community. They all yeah. know each other. Yeah. They all know each other. And, um, and she kind of fell in with them. And, and it was very sad, but I learned a lot. I learned an awful lot. You learn a lot in, you know, sitting and talking with people. Everybody got where they are somehow. Everybody has a story. Everyone has a past. I say the homeless are people. I, I really enjoy talking to people anyway, but um, I really enjoy helping the homeless and supporting them because I don't look at them as the homeless. They're people, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone deserves a second or third or eighth chance in my opinion. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I, I really like the sense of community. House of Mercy offers something that's very unique, uh, a safe place to go, two warm meals a day, you know, of course a shower is always nice, but, you know, I'm going to back up a minute. You mentioned about the three 
things that House of Mercy would really need. I'm going to throw a plug in here if that's cool with Absolutely. you. I'll let you know what they are today. Uh, first of all, I want to give huge shout out to Bombest, the sock company. They have supported us now the last two years, so we are doing great on socks. Okay. They're an amazing company. I couldn't be more excited. They just sent me an email that they're going to start selling underwear. Oh, so nice. the way they work is every time they sell something, they donate something. So I'm like, sell a lot of underwear. We need them. <laughs> a good segue into the boxers. So we always need men's boxers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, underwear is really disposable honestly mm-hmm. um so men's boxers i'd say like medium or large men's jeans most common sizes you know 34 36 that type of size uh and sweatpants those are really the, the yep. three top things that we need i right get a now. lot of requests for sweatpants and i always tell people try and get if you're going to buy sweatpants for a homeless person get black yeah because if you get a, like a bright color or white or something, just sleeping in the street, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna look like crap trashed. within a day, right? Yeah. So try and get black. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about. I know you don't like to talk about the negative, but um, talk about how while you're trying to do God's work, while you're and re- truly doing God's work, you're helping people who nobody else wants to help. While you're doing that, the the city politicians threw as many roadblocks in your way as they possibly could. And they tried to shut you down, and they tried to make sure you didn't exist, and they tried to make it hard for you to exist once you didn't go away. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because it's it's so mind-boggling to me that Lawrence, and I, I know this is going to sound partisan, but it's not, but Lawrence is run by all Democrats. Lawrence, the mayor, um, everybody but one guy on the city council, every single person on the school committee, every all three state reps, both state senators, both U.S. senators, both congressmen. They're all Democrats, and they all come to Lawrence at election time and campaign on the backs of the poor. And then someone like you comes along who's actually helping the poor, and they did everything they could to stop you. And that just infuriates me. So you're right about me not liking to talk about negative stuff, first of all. I'll say that. Um, people need to understand that like, this isn't easy for you guys because no, you're not, not just fighting the homeless to help them. You're also fighting the town fathers to help them. I'll give you a couple things. Um, one... I'm somebody that just looks at a problem and figures out how we're going to do it. But I I have to say, Roger is an amazing person who actually founded House of Mercy, and he's very dedicated. Um, But not everyone likes him because he does own a lot of property in the city. So that's part of the problem there. He's considered a slumlord because he owns properties, and a lot of those properties are not in the best of condition. Because they're in Lawrence. Because Well, not only that, but he's renting it to people who are... We're poor. Right. And so he's not making a billion dollars on these on his properties. And so he can't put it back into the into the building. He could very easily throw those poor people out, right? And get somebody who's gonna pay more and then use that money to fix up his property and he could make a profit, but instead he's renting it out to poor people. Well, and a lot of that is perception, right? It's just perception. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing going into it. But I mean, the mission at House of Mercy is such an important one, and no matter what, everybody involved was hell bent on getting it done. And it is done. And it's Going well, it's going amazing. I mean, I will give you one thing I'll say is we've had a change as well, kind of in regime, if you will. So um, some of these discussions from when things got started up was a different, a different uh, political. Is it, is it really different now with the new guy? Because he was like the deciding vote against TMF being at the bus stop. So when he got elevated to mayor, I didn't really have a whole lot of hope for him. But I'm, I'm be, I'll be happy to be wrong about that. I don't like to talk about things that I don't know. Okay. So I can't say in that regard, but what I can say is that we're up and running now. We're still running. So that's that. I mean, I can give you one very brief example that I won't get into the weeds on, but you probably remember when we were trying to finish the storage container units. Yes. Great idea. Yeah. Dead of winter. So cold. This is a really funny, quick story. Uh, We invited all the inspectors. We were hearing a lot of chitter-chatter about that we weren't going to be allowed to have them. 
we um, tell, tell people what 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 the what the what sure. their containers were. There's an were. empty lot that uh, is also owned by the same owner of the building, Fajosa Mercy, which is Roger, across the street. And we had some storage units delivered there. I don't know how many feet, but basically metal storage containers that you would use for shipping. And we divided them up into four rooms. We had uh, worked with an engineer on the design. Very, very nice. Uh, actually had an electrician run electrical in there. Plaster, um, pergo, like the fake hardwood floors. Very, very nice. We outfitted them with beds, um, you know, everything, you know, nice linens. And there were some specific requirements. People had to get a job, work for two months straight, show us that they could work, um, be clean, go to at least two meetings a week, which was, we had a kind of like a joint venture going with um, the place run by Spectrum that's on Essex Street there. It was a really nice kind of program we were going to do. And we were hearing a lot of chitter chatter about that the city wasn't going to allow it. So we invited all the inspectors to come out. And what happened was it was freezing that day and I was freezing. I was going, oh my God, I want to get inside. And Roger's so funny. He said, nope, we're all going to meet outside so we can know what it's like to be outside. So he actually made us all stand outside, including the inspectors and everybody. So at the end of the day, um, the city did not want that project and you know, it was unfortunate, but we had a kind of a bad ending there. We, they sent the inspectors down to shut you down, right? Well, we ended up getting fined for having them on the property, and we ended up having to get rid of the storage containers. So here you are. You found a way to find temporary housing, which is the, what's needed the most for the homeless, because they all owe like $5,000 in electric bills and, and gas bills from their last apartment that they couldn't afford that they got thrown out of, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like they can just, if you gave them an apartment, they could turn the lights on and have a normal life. So you found the, found a way to give them temporary shelter while you're while you're encouraging them to to work and to try and get them back into normal society, yeah. And instead of the city trying to work with you, they shut you down. Yeah, and I can't speak for them on their reasons behind it, but um, they just they weren't in support of it. And at the end of the day, we had to scrap that project. So. It, was, it, it was just so shameful. I mean, when that happened, I was I was heartbroken because even if you're only allowing eight people or ten people, yeah. That's 10 people who aren't breaking into a house tonight to sleep in the, in the basement. That's 10 people that are not breaking into a car to sleep. Yeah. That's 10 people that are not causing problems in somebody's neighborhood. And you would think that the people who run the city of Lawrence would want that. And yet, I, I, and I called. When that was going on, I called a couple of counselors. I called the mayor's office. I got nowhere with, with it. Yeah, and I do want to say, you know, it's a huge misconception that all these homeless people do those things that you outlined. Right. So many of them don't. They're quiet. They keep to themselves. They're in a segregated little tent. Um, you know, I'm not going to say none of them do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, I do know plenty that are pretty quiet people, mm. you know? And it was most heartbreaking in that circumstance because the people that had been working toward wanting, and it was a temporary thing. We weren't going to have them live in a trailer forever. But uh, it was going to be a stepping stone for them. We were actually going to help them with saving some of the money they were earning and then help them find housing after. But it was freezing out, you know, and there's only so much housing, et cetera. So having to go back to them and tell them, I'm so sorry, but it's not available now. Right. So, but, um, you know, there are some other exciting things going on where we've had people staying for the winter. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, um, this is okay. the Bethuen thing? Yeah. So I can tell you, we had Neil Perry on the show. Oh. And he didn't know anything about it. I thought he did. Oh. And I brought it up and he was not happy. Um, he, he took the position that why, why wouldn't they call the mayor? Why wouldn't they call the city and let us know what they're doing? And my position was, they don't know, they don't owe government officials anything. I mean, they, they're, they're all trying to help the homeless. Why do they have to call the city and, and either give you a heads up or get permission? You're, you're a politician. You're a mayor. You're not, you're not in charge of homeless people. Like, 
why why would they call you? And he's like, well, as a courtesy, they should. And I'm like, yeah, as a courtesy, maybe they should have, but they have no obligation to call you. If I want to go, if I want to go do business with somebody in Methuen, I don't call City Hall and let them know what I'm doing. It's not their business. Well, you know, I'm always gonna if I oppose I know, you, I'm just you're gonna nice. call you out. <laughs> I know because she's she's got to be nice. I I you know. Neil Perry donated a mattress to me before when I was trying to get a oh, woman. Listen, he's, so like, he's, he's a good guy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I get saying it. anything. I'm just no, saying. I know. On this issue, I was surprised that he thought, as mayor, you guys needed to call him. No, I. I'm going to say I am a volunteer, you know, and I support the project 100. percent But I actually reached out to him through text too okay. to see if he wanted to come and check everything out, and he informed me also that he hadn't known about it, so I didn't know that. So I got to say I probably would have, as a courtesy, reached out, but I don't think it was anything done maliciously. I think it maybe was just things moved real quick. Right. Like I got a, a call that this was going to happen, and could I support food, et cetera, et cetera, and they told me it was probably going to be about two weeks and a day and a half later, I found out it was actually a go. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I just think that, uh, you know, that wasn't intentional. But mm-hmm. I hear your point, too, is no one's required to do anything. But Yeah, I think sometimes politicians, they become consumed with their, with their little bubble that they're in. And because they're running the city government, they think they're running the city. Yeah, and they're yeah. not running the city. They're running city government. And I had, we had, I had the same complaint by Dan Rivera at one point when you guys wanted to put it, when I called him about the storage container things that you, and he's like, well, they should have called us and asked us for permission. I'm like, why would they, you're a mayor of a, you're not, you're a mayor of a community. You're not what you think you are. You're not, you know what I'm saying? But it backfired on us. Right, right. Next time we decide to do something like that, I'm going to be honest with you, we'll call the city first because it's, you know, I mean, I I learned from, but you know, I will say this, um, maybe I can't speak for the mayor, but maybe his concern was like, how is this going to tax the police department, mm-hmm. anything like that? But I'm going to actually say this. We have had amazing behavior from these people at this hotel. Like there hasn't been a single assault in there. Um, I mean, I go nearly every day and bring clothing for people that need it, food items, stuff like that. I haven't seen any paraphernalia, nothing like that outside, trash, no. And I don't believe anybody's going around picking stuff up. I know the vast majority of the people that are staying in there, um, not the ones necessarily from Haverhill, uh, by the way, I should mention, people may think most of the people in the hotel are from Lawrence, the homeless from Lawrence. That's not true. So this has really, truly been a community-based project. The The Methuen police have brought a number of people in. There's, believe it or not, a lot of people in Methuen that are homeless. Yep. You don't see it as much. It's not as prevalent as in Lawrence. Um, there's a lot of people from Haverhill. So many, many different communities have been sending people. Um, most of them that I know are from Methuen and Lawrence, and their behavior has been astonishing, actually. I've had quite a few that I've sat down and talked with that, um, you know, I mean, yes, there's a lot of addicts in there. There's no question. But they know the rules. So their curfew is seven. It's a strict curfew. Um, No drugs, no alcohol, no paraphernalia whatsoever allowed at the hotel. Um, You know, and I mean, it's not like you've got a bunch of drug dealers sitting around in the parking lot either. People have been so respectful. And I have to say, Maybe the mayor was concerned about like, well, what's going to go down here? This is going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. We don't have a budget for more police. Based on what I know, these guys have been on really great behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be that it was cold as hell and nobody wanted to get kicked out on the street. And this is the Days Hotel on Pelham, Pelham Street. Street, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, the way I look at it too is commerce has been so horribly affected by COVID, right? I mean, how many travelers were going to be racing around the state to stay at the Days Hotel. Right. Right. I mean, this project, um, you know, I personally would like to thank 
the folks that helped make this happen because part of this was through a grant. Uh, and it's been so important to get people off the street, not just because it was cold, right? Because of COVID. So over a hundred homeless were vaccinated at this hotel. We have that's huge, by the way. It's because huge. If anybody's going to spread COVID, it's going to be the homeless because they're everywhere. They're all over the place. Um, you know, hygiene, right? So we're all sitting here hand sanitizing like crazy, wearing gloves, wearing masks. They're not. Yeah, they're out in the. They they're can't. Out, right. They really can't. So, um, the Greater Lawrence um, Health Initiative has come. They have the mobile health unit. Mm-hmm. I think you've probably seen that plenty of times. Yeah, it's come to TMF a bunch of times. Yeah, so they come twice a week. Um, these people are getting really much better healthcare than they would if they didn't have that kind of centralized place. Um, so right now we have 105 rooms. And uh, as of yesterday afternoon, there was 126 people there. Some of the rooms are couples, like double occupancy. Um, but I've done two seminars there. Uh, just yesterday on the 10th, we did a housing seminar there where we helped sign people up for housing. You would be shocked, honestly, how many people cannot fill out an application. Oh, no, that wouldn't shock me at all. Really? I have people come to my office looking for jobs all the time. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't believe how many high school and college graduates can't fill out an application. <laughs> I mean, every word is capitalized, commas in the wrong place, yeah. missing verbs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I always say to them, you do realize you're applying in a newspaper, right? right. Like, I'm looking at your application, <laughs> and what you wrote is good, but the, the, the syntax and the yeah. grammar, grammar is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there are actually a lot of people that are, are so undereducated, they really legit cannot fill out an application. Right. Uh, about a week and a half ago, we did um, assistance with like signing up for food stamps, um, the cell phone programs, helping with SSI, SSDI, uh, and those kind of things being offered in a singular place, it's really huge, you know? And, you know, people that didn't have clothes at all before because of the point where we're saying like everything's really disposable. They don't have any place to even keep anything. Now they do have like a couple of pairs of clothes and, um, you know, I mean, hygiene. Mm-hmm. They're able to to really be clean and not sleeping in mud. And, you know, I mean, it's it's really been a pretty amazing project to see. Over 200 people have come through this time. We noticed at the TMF Family Dinner for the Homeless on Wednesday nights that our attendance has gone from about 55 to like five. Yeah, it's gone way down. Because a lot of the people we were servicing on the streets on Wednesday night are now at the hotel. Yeah. Except for Ralph, right? We found Ralph last night and, and unfortunately he's back. I know. But uh, we, when we left, Ralph, uh, myself, Nancy, and a couple, a couple people that come with us, we immediately started talking about, okay, now how can we help? How can we get him back off the street? Like where can we put him? Mm-hmm. For the, for the winter, is there's got to be a, a spot we can find for him so he's not freezing. Mm. Because whatever he does during the day, whatever, but, but sleeping at the bus stop should not be an option for anybody. Sleeping under a bridge should not be an option for anybody in Lawrence. Sleeping under a bus, uh, uh, sleeping under, in a bus stop or in a car or on the street or under a bridge is unacceptable for anybody anywhere, but especially in Lawrence because of the crime. And a lot of the criminals in Lawrence see the homeless as easy prey. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they get rolled for whatever they have on them, which is not usually a whole lot. Sometimes it's just their sneakers. And so they're vulnerable out there and trying to find a spot for them, even just temporarily, is a huge help for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, the hotel, you know, Alternative Healthcare out of Methuen actually has kind of been administering this whole thing, running it. Their staff has been super amazing. Um, Great at what they do. Um, <laughs> great at what they do, but compassionate people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's amazing to really see what they've been able to do. I mean, they have a VNA service. So like, I mean, I've literally seen people that can barely walk when they come in because they're, they're just, 
people's feet. I mean, these guys walk constantly. They usually don't have very good shoes, you know? I mean, it's it's really nice to see the transformation from mm-hmm. the time that somebody walks through the door. Oh, and by the way, the the uh, support that we've had, again, We Care Charity, especially uh, the Kindness Collaborative, Blanket Me, everybody's really pulled together to provide um, like the lunches and stuff like that. Uh, my friend Sharon, which you know, she's been amazing with just helping with everything, whether it's running around and coming up to Isaiah 58 to my donation center here in Salem, helping get a pair of jeans for somebody, like anything like that. We've all really worked together as a great team to mm-hmm. make this happen. Uh, and it's been really nice to see. It really has. So I am extremely thankful to everybody that was able to pull it together. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm extremely grateful for you. Oh, and you. I know, you know, listen, I'm very grateful when I first met you and then I found out and I started like finding out who you were and what you were doing and Roger and Mabel and everybody over at House of Mercy. I felt honored to, to, to know you guys because I see people like, and again, I don't want to make this too political, but I see people like Elizabeth Warren came to, Mass, came to Lawrence to announce her campaign for, for, for president of the United States. She drove by at least 10 homeless people on her way from the airport to, to Lawrence on Union Street and then drove past them again to leave, didn't bother to stop and give them a sandwich, yet, can't, yet came here and talked about how she was going to help the poor if she became president. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and then I see people, who had, and of course, the politicians, whenever something happens for the homeless, they help secure a grant or something, they get all the credit. And the people like you who are actually doing the work generally don't get the credit. And so when I met you and I met Roger and Mabel and some of the other people, Karina uh, um, Papalato over at the Daybreak Homeless Shelter and Greg and all them, I, I just felt like, you know what? I, I feel honored to know these people. Mm-hmm. Like these are, there are people out there who talk about doing good stuff, but don't do it. There are people out there that take credit for doing good stuff and they really kind of don't do it. And you guys are doing it and not getting any credit and don't want the credit. I was just saying, we don't it. want any right. credit. It's honestly... It's really heartwarming to see people kind of transform. And not everybody's going to, right? But even if people are still going to always be who they are and how mm-hmm. they are, they still deserve a shower. They still deserve a hot meal. And they still deserve knowing that somebody actually legitimately cares about them. Right. Like, I really know so many individuals and actually really care about them. Yeah. You know? So, it's uh, it's hard to see some of the stuff that goes on sometimes. But it's good to see the good things that go on, you know, and I have, I have a lot of people that um, I've coached and worked with that are doing so well, people that I'm so proud of. And I can tell anybody who's struggling, like there are success stories, right? Ones that usually don't happen the first time, but maybe on the 20th try, 30th try, people do get it if they want it. And the support is there. What's the couple's name? Is it Joe and Marla? Yeah. Okay. So we, I met Joe and Marla three years ago, I think when we were doing homeless stuff. You and, and I into the bridge that right. night gave them clothes that right. night when that fire happened at the tent. Right. And and they were clean and they just needed a place to stay. And now I think unless something has changed, now. they have a place now they do. and they're living a normal life and they're back into society. Yep. And looking at where they were under that bridge the night we met them mm-hmm. and looking at where they are now, there is no doubt in my mind that it's because of you and the people at uh, House of Mercy and the people at Isaiah and the, and the uh, myriad of people that you've mentioned it's because of you. If it wasn't for these organizations and these individuals helping out, Joe and Marla would still be under a bridge. So all of us collectively, because a lot of people work with them, are definitely important, but it's really because of them. So the person has to want to do it and mm. really try to do it and want their life back. Right. It's easier for people not to feel and not to face all the mistakes they've made in their life when you've mm-hmm. lost your kids, when you've done this, when you've done that. I know that the support that we provide is huge for them. And I'm very proud to say that 
Um, you know, we have helped them with, I mean, even Isaiah, they're in New Hampshire now, by the way. Okay. So they're back in New Hampshire. They were from New Hampshire originally. And a lot of people find themselves in Lawrence. I mean, think about if you're homeless up here in New Hampshire, right? There's nowhere to even really go for a right. hot meal. There's, you can't walk anywhere. So that's why really a lot of people end up in Lawrence. I used to say that to Neil Perry all the time. If you're a Methuen resident who has paid taxes your whole life, mm-hmm. maybe you owned a $200,000 home. You've been paying taxes your whole life on your home. You've been paying taxes your whole life out of your paycheck. And then suddenly you become homeless. Where in Methuen can they go to get help? And it's humming, 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 and nobody knows. So where do they go? They go to Lawrence, right. which exacerbates the problem in Lawrence yeah. because there are Lawrence people who are homeless. Yeah. And the Lawrence officials want to help the Lawrence homeless people, but they don't want to help the non-Lawrence people because they can't vote, right? They're not going to vote for them, so they don't care. That's that. That's my characterization, not yeah, yours. Yeah, you but, can't really delineate though when you're on a corner with a bunch of people and they're right. all like looking for food and you right, know what I mean. Like right. it's it's a tough situation, but I mean, I really enjoy helping people. I always have, uh, and I I find it to be an honor to be in a position where I can tell people how they can donate, what they can donate uh, for House of Mercy and Isaiah fifty eight. Okay, so I mean, money is always needed for any projects that we're working on. You're uh, a, you're a nonprofit. Yeah. Okay, both, so it's both. a tax write-off if yep. someone wants to make a donation. Both are 501c3 charities. Yep. So Isaiah 58, New Hampshire, we have a Facebook page. We also have a website. Uh, if anybody's friends with me on Facebook, um, they'll see all the- And spell Isaiah right. It's I, it's I-S, do don't do it. Let me do it. It's I-S-A-I-A-H. 5-8. You have the trouble with the numbers sometimes. Right, yeah. Yeah, Isaiah 58, New Hampshire. Uh, and by the way, we didn't really get to talk about that, but our mission here in Rockingham County specifically is to eradicate homelessness in Rockingham County. We are, you know, working on trying to create affordable housing. That's really, a there's not much here. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, to your point, people usually have to go to other communities because there isn't really too much here. So one of the projects we're working on really close to here is the trailer project. We're in the process of refurbishing uh, small mobile home units. So you've been able to get that up and running now, just not in Lawrence. Uh, well, they're not storage containers, but they're actually mobile homes. That, oh, nice. Yeah. So interestingly, jockeys used to stay in them. They were, they're like across... From the old Rockingham racetrack. Okay. And they were run down. exactly where that is. Yeah, Friendship Drive. Yeah. We've been working on refurbishing some units there. Um, We, you know, we've had a good success of that. We have a couple families in units that were homeless prior. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's a broad spectrum thing. Really, to create affordable housing, you need more money. That's something we definitely need for Isaiah 58. Um, And I want to give a shout out, uh, an unusual shout out to Jean Shaheen. Yeah. Right, because as as the senator from from New Hampshire, mm-hmm. she has done yeoman's work trying to help you and Isaiah fifty eight and the homeless, and I I say that because she's a Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks all I do is bag on Democrats, but I don't. I bag on the Democrats that don't do a good job. Yeah, she happens to do a great job. Mm-hmm. When she came up for reelection, and even though she voted against my president and she voted to impeach him and all that. I had Republican conservative friends of mine calling me saying I'm voting for her because of what she does for the homeless. And Maggie Hassan, too. I know you met both of them at one of my mm-hmm. events before, and I'm very impressed with everything both of them have done for Isaiah. Absolutely. I'm very impressed with Gene Shaheen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get it. <laughs> That's as nice as I'm going to be on that Okie dokes. But yeah, so jumping, jumping state lines there a little bit, you know, that's some New Hampshire talk. But the things we're doing at Isaiah 58 are huge, uh, even smaller scale in terms of the community, which is still large scale. We have a clothing donation center here. Everything is free to anyone in need. We have a furniture center. So when we do get people into housing or even just regular citizens that need help with things, um, we have 
We have a furniture center. Again, mm-hmm. everything is free to anyone in need. So, um, And this isn't like you know broken down stuff that you could find no, on the side of the road. This is almost all. practically brand new stuff. I the was in there one day. The community has been so supportive, so amazing. Uh, we're starting a new thing here in New Hampshire too. This is very preliminary, but um, believe it or not, so Mass Health, right? offers some kind of dental coverage for people when they need their teeth fixed. New Hampshire does not. I only recently learned that. So we have quite a few clients that need dental work done and they can't get it done. So we started a um, health and dental emergency fund through Isaiah 58. Nice. Yeah. And I'm going to give a huge, enormous shout out here to Chasers. Um, The poker hall here, uh, gambling, they um, have worked with us on some dates and stuff and I can't thank them enough. So that charitable gambling money, that we had from a couple dates is going toward that. So we have people in the hospital who had to have one, one gentleman had to have an emergency surgery is in the hospital. Can't, you know, pays bills, can't do anything. We have another person with uh had to have like a knee and hip replacement thing. This guy's worked for 20 years right now. He's on disability. He's only getting 65% of his pay. Can't make his rent. Um, we have a couple of people with major dental work that needs to be done. And that money is going to go directly toward helping these people who mm-hmm. don't have that kind of help. There's no way they could get these things done. That's something unique that, to my knowledge, doesn't exist. See, I always say never give money to a national nonprofit. Never give to the United Way. Never give to UNICEF because they have people who are their CEOs that make millions of dollars off of your donations. Always give local. Always Mm -hmm. find a local organization that you can then go there and see where the money's going. True. And and that's one of the things that I admire about House of Mercy and Isaiah mm-hmm. is that you guys are so transparent. Like yeah. you, anybody can walk in and see the furniture that's there. I sure. saw it. I was like, this is better than furniture I have at my place, right? Yeah. Um, anybody can walk into House of Mercy and see how you guys are servicing the homeless. Yeah. And I would bet, I don't know for sure, so you can tell me, but I would bet that you spend more money than you take in at House of Mercy. I know that you've, I I know that you've taken a lot of money out of your pocket. And I know that Roger has taken a lot of money out of his Stop. pocket. Remember that sign discussion about North Andover before? Okay, sorry. <laughs> no. no, I mean, we do what we can, and we're all extremely happy to help. Um, you know, I would say, too, to your point, if, if anybody's interested in seeing more about what we're doing, you know, even local businesses that might want to support, both of those entities are 501c3 charities, so tax deductible for donations. Uh, I can be reached through Facebook. I mean, I think you're going to tag me anyway, so anybody watching this Mm -hmm. will see my information. But, um, you know, I spend a lot of time at these individual places. So if anybody's interested in coming and seeing out, you know, what we're actually doing, even coming and having a little tour of the the mobile home units we're finishing, it's really exciting stuff. Uh, and it, and it makes you feel good. Making a difference makes you feel Mm -hmm. good. I think, I think it's so important for a community. You can always judge a community by the way they treat their seniors. Mm Mm-hmm. And by the way, they treat the homeless. True. And when you look at Methuen, and I live in North Andover, you look at, live in North Andover, if you lived at a million-dollar home in North Andover for five years, 10 years, and then you somehow lose your business and become homeless, or you get divorced yeah. and your wife takes you for everything, and you're on the street, there's literally no place to go in North Andover to get help. Or your husband takes you for everything. Or, or your husband. It's usually the other <laughs> way around, but I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, no, you're right, though. Your, but you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I always, I always – wonder every community has got a senior center Mm -hmm. why doesn't every community have a homeless center just some place that like tonight i become homeless in north andover i don't go to lawrence i can go to the homeless center for a week and get myself back on my feet and try and figure out where i'm going to go and how i'm going to get money and whatever and think about if you have kids in school right right you You might think of that having kids well so that's a whole nother thing that goes on i mean here in salem there's three hotels yeah i got the time there's three hotels right um that are full of people that are technically homeless and they'll never be able to put together first in security 
to get into a place because they're paying $100 a night for a hotel room. Some people are sleeping in their cars. Imagine having two kids in school, you're sleeping in your car at Walmart, Mm -hmm. and then you got to get the kids to school the next day. I mean, these are really just like gut-wrenching challenges that people face. And it's funny, when uh, David Yasenka, who wanted to found Isaiah 58 first, told me he wanted to start a charity, I was like, I'm not doing this. This is so annoying. There's not even any homeless people in Salem. And, you know, I'm never wrong is what I'm going to stop by saying. This is like a major oddity. But, you know, two nights later after I agreed to do this, I'm sitting in the Walmart parking lot here in Salem, New Hampshire, talking to two women in cars with children, staying in the parking lot because they don't know where to go. Wow. And I'm going like, how did this exist? I didn't even know. So it is a problem and, you know, we need all the support. Government is a whole different thing, right? We need political support, yes. We need government support, yes. But citizens can make a huge difference, a really big impact. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for people to know. I've got an empty room in my apartment. Mm -hmm. And three times now I've taken a homeless person in to try and help them out. And it has been a complete disaster all three times, right? One guy robbed me. Right. One guy robbed me. One girl tried to take me to court. Mm. I'm like, you're living here for free. You were homeless when I met you. What are you doing? But- I've been down that path. But I still have an empty room. And so because you work with people who are sometimes obviously at the bottom of their life, but but a lot of times you're helping people to transition. Mm. If you could find a person, preferably like an older person, but if you could find a person that you know is going to be responsible, mm. I would be willing to open up that room again to help a homeless person to at least keep them off the street temporarily. Let's talk offline about that. Okay. All right. Yeah. One thing is transportation. I don't know if there's a bus. There's a bus that literally stops in front of my office. Okay, well, then the, we'll the MVRTA bus literally stops on Main Street right in front of my... I know because it wakes me up at 6 o'clock every morning. <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah. You up at 6 o'clock in the morning? It wakes me up for a second, then I go right back to sleep. <laughs> well, I don't go to bed till 5, so... Well, thank you for having me. Listen, thank you so much for coming. Carrie Weiland. We, I'm sorry, Weiland. Yep. And you know, and the more I think about it, this is when we could have used that scroll. We could have put all of her information. Is there any way we can overlay the scroll after the show? Is that possible? No, but what no. I've already done while you guys were talking is I've put links in for everything we've been talking about. So oh, okay. I've got, I've got Facebook um, House of Mercy up there. I've also got their website. We've also got the right Isaiah on. 58 nice. links and emails. So if you guys want to see that's get a good in contact producer. with them, I was just saying, help keep her donate. For a little while. If anyone wants to reach out, all the links are going to be in the description below. Uh, in YouTube and on Facebook. I will upload those as soon as we're done with I the show. Pre- I appreciate Thank that. Thank you so She's much. She's doing such a great job. And I have to tell you, I do miss Ben, but you are doing a great job. Thank you. I, I only miss Ben it. because we had such a good good rapport. Like, we hit it off right away. I know. I don't do politics very well. And then, and then all of a sudden, down. like... As, he's got you covered. Listen, yeah. we, we, had, we had this show, like, humming... And then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I'm leaving. That. I'm leaving. This is my last week." And I'm like, "How can you do that? We just had this show like exactly the way we needed it." We'll get but it you've back. you've we'll done no, no, no. You've done a good you've done a great job bringing us where we need to be. Very good, especially with all the extra stuff with the scrolling and everything else. I, I think that's phenomenal. That's what I'm here um, for. Thank okay, you, we're gonna let. Uh, why don't we? We can always just end the show. So why don't we just roll up the uh, the music and rather than have Carrie leave, we'll just we'll just end the show, right? Because I have nothing else to talk about. All right. Well, once well, I, I leave, the party ends. What can I say? That, that's ver- right. always very. You've got to come to the bash this year whenever. <laughs> We have let, me bring, okay. let me bring our buddy right. up. We'll say uh, thank but you. I, I do want to thank our sponsors. Yep. Uh, I love the fact that we have McLennan Real Estate with us. They are really good people who help the community. They do a lot of donations for the community, and they don't ever get thanked for it. So I want to thank them. I also want to thank Elisa Williams at AFC Urgent Care in North Andover and Methuen. Uh, Marsan and Sun Construction. Marsan and Sun Construction. I think I missed them first time around. Uh, give Ronnie Marshan a call. Now is the time to have a new porch put on, fix your roof, add a, add a room, whatever you need to do. Call Marsan and Son Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Service. And, of course, my, my first stop after this, 
Borelli's Deli. Although I have to stop at Tomo's first to get sushi. Oh, there you go. And then we're going to go over and pick up my uh, my I'm deli gonna... meats at Borelli's Deli. Thank you, Chrissy Cunningham. Is it Cunningham? Did I get it right, right. for once? Thanks. Uh, Thank uh, you. My fine, fine producer, Dave, here at Two Guys Smoke Shop. Hi, it's Up Two Guys Smoke Shop. We're at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And I also want to thank the United Podcast Network. This is a very controversial show, and we have not been canceled yet. So with all the cancellations going on, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of Studio 21. We have a disclaimer for you. It's fine. And United Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really help, though, when people start sending emails. Yeah, well. Oh. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. He does. So go home already. All right. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.